Welcome back, y'all, to episode 190-something of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Day two, I'm experiencing technical difficulties, so... Uh, I have a setup that I use. It's a mobile podcasting studio. I'm missing a piece. I thought I had it. Long story short, I went to Best Buy, purchased it. It wasn't the right piece. Now, lessons learned. Moving forward, and tomorrow I will get the mic quality resumed. So, hopping on today, kind of first want to do a little bit of a milestone. We have now hit over a thousand downloads on this podcast, which is pretty amazing to see. A lot of work to get to this point, and yeah, I'm so happy we reached it. I just want to thank everyone who's listened, consistent listeners. We also have 20 subscribers um, on Spotify, so all the subscribers listening, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate all of the support. I know sometimes this show is a little bit wild. Sometimes it's not all... And it's it's just it's still developing. It's an active process and we still have more shows to go. So I'm always looking forward to the process of getting better. With that being said, I kind of wanted to jump into a topic for me that has been really, you know, it kind of goes back to my childhood and the days of the XFL. Um, I don't know if you guys remember it, but Vince McMahon purchased it and put about two hundred million dollars into it around 1990 and he was trying to create almost this bad boy image of the XFL kind of molding football and sport and putting different things in it um you know sometimes you could fight for the ball I remember whenever I watched it as a kid they had a point to make that NFL players could date the cheerleaders you know really creating a different experience kind of uh, throughout the NFL well they did multiple tries on kind of to keep it going but you know, the NFL, the XFL was a running joke for about 20 years. And, you know, people kind of think about it and remember those wild games and, and things like that. But what's really happening now is we're seeing a transition point. So I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Dwight The Rock Johnson purchased um, XFL for roughly $15 million from his old pal, Vince McMahon. And we kind of look at that aspect of why he did it you know you think about the rock having the ability to do whatever he wants and it seems like he is still motivated and driven so when we look at why he's motivated and driven it's really important to understand that you know kind of from his standpoint he's always been really passionate about football and he's always really wanted to um how do you say like have you know have influence and i think that you know the rock the rock doesn't stop you know he's he's in multiple different movies and multiple different um and he has multiple different ventures including his tequila company so when asking the war rock why he bought it and he originally bought it in 2020 and there was a lot of rules and things changed so whenever you look at the xfl in the current state it's it's really taken on a lot of different aspects of it and it's not this bad boy um, image as it was 20 years ago but the rock says quote because of my passion for the game and my desire to always take care of the fans end quote it's kind of what he's saying 
if I were to put some analysis on this, we kind of look at how The Rock, like I was saying, doesn't stop looking for purchases, looking for money, starting in a tequila company. And I honestly think for some reason, when we look at what Dana White has done with the UFC, um, I think there's a potential earnings there as it relates to XFL. I think there there's some correlation that if The Rock could take this one one thing from the XFL, which was kind of a joke, and then bring it into the modern era in identifying what it could be, I think he's thinking of a lot of financial um, possibility and gain, you know? So let's get into it. So I really kind of want to break down, first of all, in some ways, how the XFL is different. Um, you know, and I have multiple things here and I'll just kind of, uh, um, kind of, um, name them off. The first is whenever you catch the ball, you only need one foot to remain in bounds. I think this is going to add for a lot of interesting plays, plays that can be a lot more, um, I think athletic. I think one legged catches are always super crazy. The next thing which I think people are probably talking about the most is the fact that you can not only have, um, you can go for multiple points, but you can go for one point, which is around 10 yards to the goal line, or maybe less, I think it's about five yards. Then you can go for two points, which is about 10 yards. And then you can go for three points, which is um, 15 yards with the normal scoring of six. So you're going to see a lot more interesting games and scoring capabilities with that in mind, which I think it's a phenomenal way to play. I think the fact that you could add on more points for extra points is going to add for a lot more unique games. And I think here, you know, we're trying to see that. And I think, you know, if they're going to try to go against the XFL, they're really going to have to create these very unique um games you these unique kind of moments you have in sports where you like kind of can't believe what you just watched um the next thing that's really interesting is the kickoff so whenever we look at special teams special teams probably has the most concussions um out of any um sequence within football and that's because you have both sides running at each other really really hard hitting and blocking so i think the xfl is almost probably taking a step to mitigate those concussions and how they're doing it is they're having all the football players line up as they kick not not stacking them not having multiple players waiting so the returner is in the back and then all the rest of the football players are actually in a line up front i think this is going to be really interesting too for the game and kind of different um different combinations of potentially running off running back the football we have some of the other ones i'm not going to like bore you with them but the xfl operates with a 35 second playing clock which begins following the previous play clocks will clock will start falling incomplete pass and out of bounds play prior to the two minute warning of either half um so letting the clock run through clocks will stop Following the first down after two minutes, the drill will go. So kickoff teams will have five yard apart, kick team for 35 yard line, like I was saying. Um, Teams will have two options to keep the ball after scoring. Um, Double forward pass is kind of something that's pretty interesting. I saw it the other day. I think it's going to be an interesting part of the game where they can actually do a double forward pass. So if a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, the team may throw a second pass as long as the ball forward pass as long as the ball has not crossed the line of scrimmage once the ball has passed the line of scrimmage no forward pass will be permitted um consistent alternative five yard line instant replay centralized replays will play the subject to review the following 
officials. Replay may continue errors. Head coaches can challenge one of two fields, so it's similar to football. So I think kind of looking at the rules are a little bit similar. The, the scoring aspect is going to be a little bit different, and I think it's a normal-sized field, which, um, you know, you kind of think about your arena football, and arena football is kind of okay, but it's not really, you know, people kind of get bored. So let's kind of get into the next aspects of it. So whenever we look at the information behind it, we look at some of the teams. So when we look at the teams that the XFL will have, they're going to have the D.C. Defenders, the Orlando Guardians, Houston Roughnecks, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seahawk Dragons, San Antonio Burrahams, and Vegas Vipers. So at this point, we're starting with seven teams um, in total. And these teams will play roughly around, I think, 10 to 10 games. And, you know, they're going to play, um, yeah, there'll be a 10-game season. I think from those seven teams, they'll actually have an XFL championship. There will be 50 players on a team. And it's kind of interesting how they're doing some of the pricing, um, pricing how they're going to go ahead and pay for these players each player will get paid. I think um, if they're not paying, they get paid $1,500 a game. If they're paying, they make about $5,000. If um, they win, they get another $1,000. And if they get to the championship, they get, I think, three or 4000 And if they win the championship game, they get 10000 So all in all, the most an XFL player can make is 80000 The average um, is around 60000 So to keep this in mind, you know, the average payment for an XFL player team roster for these games will probably be around $3 million, I think, if we're kind of doing the pricing, and which isn't that much. And I say that, too, just to preface this with that's in total. So think of it as a business decision. But the lowest paying NFL football player gets around $720,000. And the practice players on the team get around $150,000 to $200,000. But not everyone makes it to the NFL. That's why this is kind of an interesting business decision. Is roughly 98% of division football players, 98.7% don't make it. And sometimes there's only about 220 uh, D1 players on roster so that you know and obviously there's multiple divisions that play so there is a deep pool to draw on for the XFL which I think will make hiring and as well as you know kind of going through this um, process of whenever they are being in the draft a lot easier and they're drafting multiple players in college they're they're drafting players that didn't make it to the XFL and this this is kind of the next line for what could potentially happen. And it's all obviously now the XFL is currently going and it's in that sweet spot of right after football. And the next thing we look at within these kind of the business aspect of the XFL is you look at seating. So whenever we look at certain um, arenas, you know, they're not crazy big yet. You know, this is really almost like an amateur sports league at this point. And I'm sure this is a business decision that kind of started off really, really slow. For example, you know, in a lot of ways, um, the team that's making kind of the biggest splash based on fans is actually the DC Defenders. They're known for making the biggest beer snake ever in sports history where they stack all of the cups, you know, so the DC Defenders are kind of getting a rowdy name. And you look at where these teams are located and it's pretty strategic in my opinion, you know, because a lot of these locations don't have 
you know, really strong football teams. You know, we look at the D.C. defenders kind of going on with the with the Washington, D.C. commanders. It's like D.C. defenders is such a better football name, in my opinion, than the than the Washington, D.C. commanders. But if we look at their arena, we kind of think about it. And the average price to get into one of these games, I think, is around, you know, 60 dollars to fifty dollars and the dc defender arena can hold twenty thousand people so at full capacity hypothetically if that thing is really rocking maybe it can make close to i think um let me do the math real quick yeah so the prices for these games so let's take the dc defenders for example can range from five dollars to 181 dollars um you know kind of getting really good seats you know you're kind of seeing different things like that. I mean, depending on the NFL football guy, football game, you know, starting prices could be, it's probably the low one or 150 to 200. But obviously the NFL is like a billion dollar organization. It's going to make a lot of money, you know, and I think probably the goal for the next two to three years is for the XFL not to go bust. And we'll see, you know, we'll see where these players are. Um, I think one of the most interesting things they have done in the XFL is the NFL can sign these players um, at the end of a season. So the XFL only have a one-season contract. So if they're doing potentially well, they can kind of go into different aspects of the NFL, which I think is a really smart move on behalf of The Rock and his staff, kind of utilizing it and kind of creating a pipeline, if you will, for players. And there's also players from the NFL coming down and playing in the XFL. Um you know, from that point. So, you know, as we see it, I think, I really think that the XFL wants to do really, really well. They're going to have to really utilize social media. I think they're going to have to post a lot of things online. They're going to have to run a lot of deals and create a very interesting customer experience. Like the one I'm getting with the DC Defenders right now is really interesting. People are equating those fans to potentially Phillies fans. And one thing happened with one of the games where they were making their beer snake. And then they're making the beer snake and, and, and um, the security came and take it away. But in these drinks they were making with, there was actually lemons. So all of the fans threw all of the lemons on the field. And I think that's probably the kind of experience people want when they go to XFL games. You know, it's like... Things happen like that. And with a lot of these minor games, there's a lot of giveaways, getting families in the door and going from there. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think, too, when looking at the math, you know, if you have a 10-game season, you have a stadium that can hold 20,000 people, and let's just say the average price is $60, that could be potentially over $12 million of earning. And if, if you only pay $4 million for the players as whole, there's a lot of earnings potentially too in million. So we're going to see where the XFL goes. Hopefully, it will no longer be that 20-year running joke. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll get back.